Daddy Gang. It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Six, seven, eight. Hello, hello, hello. We are back, baby. We're fucking back at it again for another episode of Call Her Daddy. Hi. Hello, everyone. This week, this week, I had the honor of sitting down with Nico Tortorella. Nico is an accomplished actor in both film and television. If you are not familiar with the show Younger, I am obsessed. Nico plays the role of Josh, who is a straight tattoo artist, but that is acting. In real life, Nico came out as sexually fluid in 2016, and in their book Space Between, which was released in 2019, they wrote, quote, I am comfortable today calling myself a queer, non-binary, bisexual, happily married, polyamorous, non-monogamous human being. Daddy gang, we are going to talk more about that today and Nico's experience with polyamory, which we've never discussed on Call Her Daddy. Nico uses the pronoun they and so does their spouse, Bethany. What I have been realizing in recent interviews is that I'm so lucky and fortunate sorry to sound corny but it's true that I get to sit down with guests with so many different life experiences outside of my bubble and I'm realizing kind of in the last like month or so that in the best way This is forcing me to learn and I would go as far to say also adjust my perspective on things and I'm here for it. So thank you, Nico, for creating such an open dialogue in this interview. At one point, Nico turns to me in the interview and asks, Alex, would you be comfortable dating and being in a relationship with a bisexual man? The question caught me off guard. And I think you'll be surprised by my answer. The moment we wrapped the interview and Nico left the hotel room, I felt different. And I hope you guys feel the same afterwards. Here is Nico Tortorella. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Daddy Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this. I'm having PTSD being in this hotel right now. Why? Exposure. We'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sad because I live in LA now. This is the first interview I've done this season not in my house. Oh, wow. So like this is like a new vibe for me. I'm used to like sitting on my couch, but like yeah. I'm sad you couldn't come hang, but I'm happy that we're here. Yeah, I'm so glad this worked out. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. Where did are you you're in New York? Are you living in New York? I live here. Yeah. I've been here over 10 years. You are partaking in Fashion Week? I have been, yes. How is it going? It's been comical, I would say. Um, Why? 
you know, I think 2020 just changed everything for everybody, right? It yeah. flipped the script and there was like a, a priority reset and to, I mean, this is my, my first week, like back in real public spaces, right? Like celebrating not only fashion, but like fame and riches in a new way now. It just feels different. Yeah. Do you like it or do you wish you could go back a little bit to the old life of like no one really knowing who you were? Ooh, that We just segued. I know. Quick. I didn't need to get that deep that fast. But no. I was just like, no, that's a great question. It's also been interesting because this has been like the first couple weeks that I've been in public without a mask on, like in like real public situations. It's been nice being recognized again. Yeah. There's There's something really beautiful about it. And like because I play myself and other people on television right right? people have this preconceived notion that like i'm josh which i'm not there are parts of me that are very much so his vice versa but like i'm so much more than that right? right and people forget that but like you know i and i'm sure you understand this too like it's a really raw vulnerable space to live in I always knew I was gonna. It was going to happen, though. Here we go. Let's yeah, get into let's it. Let's get it. So we're going back to the beginning. You grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in an Italian household. Mm-hmm. Can you paint the picture and describe to us like your childhood, the house? Did you share a bedroom? Did you have a dog? Like paint young Nico and the oof. life. So we all lived on the same block. There were two houses in the same block. My mom and her sister lived across the street. I had two cousins, three cousins that were like my brothers and sisters. I grew up with my brother in the house, Rocco. My grandma lived in the basement, who was a gold dealer, antique extraordinaire, hence all of the jewels that I'm wearing. And I mean, my mom's my best friend. She was one of my best friends growing up. Um, My brother and I are super close. My parents got divorced when I was four. So I lived with my stepdad and my family across the street. And it was just like we were all always together. In the book, you discuss male figures in your life Mm. leaving. Yes. Uncle, father. Can you... Yes, research. We love a researcher. Um, Can you describe how that affected and shaped you at a young age? Because... What age did your dad leave? When I was four. I remember the day, specifically. I remember being in the kitchen, and it was a pretty modest home. Um, I mean, I'm definitely from, like, an upper-middle-class neighborhood, and Mm -hmm. I went to school with, like, some of the richest kids in the country, right? But, like, we were on the other side of the tracks. My my dad was a—he worked public works, so he, like, drove a garbage truck and all the men in my family are, like, firemen. So we're, like, from a different cut, Right. And I remember being in the kitchen. I remember like standing in the middle of the two of them. My grandma was at the base of the stairs. The two of them were having an argument and I would always sleep in my dad's room. My, my mom and dad pretty much always had separate bedrooms for as long as I can remember. And I would always sleep in my dad's room. And I remember the night that like I went in there and he wasn't there. And like, that was it. Like heartbreak. So you didn't see him leave. You just went in. I'm sure I did. And I'd like, I don't have that memory of him like driving away. He moved not far away. He moved like a couple miles away um, to an apartment above a bar. He was bartending for a little bit. My mom owned a bar. Bars were the big part of my life growing up. I basically grew up in a bar. Oh, wow. I started serving shots at like five and six years old. Very young. It was like a cheers bar. It was like the same guys every day that were in there. And like I had relationships with them like... You're like, hey, Bob, want a shot? Oh, fully. fully You're like six. Fully. Like, that's how it was. So when your dad left, how did that affect you? Um, I, I mean, there was for sure a hole left, right? Yeah. In my heart, like in my spirit. Um, I, I don't really remember the... There's a lot of like blank periods in my childhood. I don't know if you yep. can, you know, are familiar with that at all. Um my stepdad came not that long after, like within a couple years. And my mom was dating and I spent, I, I spent a lot of time with guys that she was dating and all, but it was like, I didn't know that they were necessarily dating. Like it was a lot of the bar guys were just like always around. Oh, okay. And then my stepdad came and he was like totally opposite of my dad. Oh. Um, Irish Catholic worked on the floor of the, uh, Chicago mercantile exchange. She was a trader, oh. like totally different energy. 
Um, and he was also like a professional, uh, not body lifter, but like, um, uh, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Lifting very heavy weights, not a bodybuilder, but, uh, yeah, he's like, hates when I say bodybuilder because that's not what he was. I am not a bodybuilder. You're like, what is it? Yeah. Uh Power lifter. That's what it's called. Power lifter. Yeah. So he was a fucking beast. Yeah. Like big gay energy too, but like not there at all. And he like always wore... (laughs) He had this like little tiny striped bathing suit that we that he would wear on vacation and it was like he looked fucking amazing in it. Right. But like he would order all these things. I don't know if you've ever heard of International Mail, the like catalog back. How old are you? I'm 27. 27. Okay, so this is like definitely before okay. your day. There was this catalog that like all the garish men would right. order their clothes from. And he always had it in the bathroom. And it was like a bunch of like hot naked dudes in like little thongs dick out just like in the bathroom. It's where he would order all of his underwear from. But he's like not gay at all. Right. Like super straight, like a little machismo, like throw around gay slurs like it was nothing, but not like homophobic. Um, But like that was my first introduction to like sexualized men. Would you like go into the bathroom? And jerk off. Yeah, for sure. What was your relationship to your or is your relationship to your biological younger brother? I mean, he's one of my best friends. Okay. Yeah. He's a lot like my dad, actually. Okay. Like, the only thing that my brother can see is right in front of him. Sometimes I wish I did live more like my brother and my dad. And like, I I didn't always have to unpack everything. 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 It's a, all like I am constantly all day, every day in the spiral. And it's fucking brilliant and beautiful. Right. And like, I, it, I thrive in it. And but like... I, the human experience is struggle, right? And trauma. And sometimes you feel like overburdened. Right. Like my mom is a psychologist. Oof. So I grew up in my household. It was like, well, how do you feel about that? And so I, I've been like very trained to like get to the root, go deeper. There's mm. always another layer. Like I kind of get what you're saying in that spiral of constantly thinking. Totally. We're going to get deeper on that because we're, we're cruising through the childhood. So I was going to ask you growing up, was your household sex positive aside from seeing the magazines? It was straight sex positive. Oh, wow. My mom bought me a Playboy when I was like seven years old. We were like in the family pantry and I like picked up a, a Carmen Electra Playboy and she was like, oh, you want that? And I was like, yeah, like, sure. Like, all, so not all, even- if it was a woman, it was cool, right? Any conversations about same sex or like, you know, outside com- yes. like perspectives off no. off limits. I remember the first time I like even realized being gay was a thing. I was in the back of my mom's car and I was like, I don't understand why two men or two women would ever be together. Like they can't have babies, right? This, isn't that why we're here? We're here to procreate. Like that was like my basic early understanding of sex. Right. And she was like, what are you talking about? It's not about having kids. Like two men fucking holding hands is disgusting. And I was like, oh, it's like that. Oh, okay. And that was like the first understanding that I had of alternative relationships. She's my mom has come a very long way. Yes, I'm just going to yes. preface like she's my best friend in the entire world. Yeah. But we, that was your first. Introduction. That, yeah, that was, I just didn't, they, they never knew any queer people. Like at least not. out. No, I people. get that generation. And right. then like being raised, it's, it's yeah. There's like, there was such a lack of openness and fluidity back then. There just wasn't language for it in right. the same way there was today. Right. There is today. Like my, the men in my family are very queer, like inherently feminine. And, but it has nothing to do with sexuality, right? And like, or even identity for that matter. Like it's, the women ran the house. They were like Italian women held everything together. And my dad's super feminine. And there was like a big chunk of time where I hadn't seen my dad. We we just kind of like separated for years. And the first time I saw him after it was probably, it was over five years. The first time I saw him, um, I surprised him at his house and we wound up drinking together. It was the first time we like really drank together and we got fucking hammered. Mm -hmm. And like, I see my dad sitting at this kitchen table, like legs crossed fingers, just flailing, 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 like fancy fingers. I'm like, Oh, Oh my God. Like we're like, I am yours. And I like that was never a thing that I even thought about growing up until I started unpacking like identity. 
right? Was there ever an instance when you were growing up where you felt out of place? Like, was it high school? Like, when were you like, huh? Hmm. Like, I don't agree, actually, or feel what they're saying. I don't identify with that. Well, when my mom said that about two men holding hands, it was definitely like, oh, like, I don't think that's gross, right? Like, I, I understand that I am different immediately. And I mean, I was an actor. I, I, I was a hockey player first, hockey player and lacrosse player. Super, really? Yeah. Bro love, Bush. love hockey. Yeah. Love, love hockey. hockey. Love hockey. You've dated some hockey players, haven't yes, you? Yes. And my dad works for the NHL. Oh, so I grew awesome. up and I'm like, hockey, yes. hockey. Oh, yes, I love. lived on the ice love. for sure. I was a mascot for a little bit. Love a good mascot. Love a good, love mascot. A good mascot. I was a dog. I was Rusty the dog for the Chicago Steel, which is... Um, a hockey team. And then when did you know you wanted to start acting? So my mom was basically like, hey, I want both my boys to be a little more outgoing, extroverted than they are. Let's get them in the theater. There was a local audition for The Wizard of Oz Children's Theater, um, which was like less than a mile from my house. I went in. We both got cast as munchkins. And like, that was it. I quit playing hockey immediately. I was like, oh, this is this is where I belong. This is my space. So you were popular in high school. I was. Can I was you, stoned in high school. All the time. Yeah. Did you ever get in trouble for it? Ever get caught? I got arrested a couple times. I got arrested at my fucking high school graduation. I have not been invited back to the high school. All, like all of the alumni, like Beck Bennett went to my high school from SNL. Like right. there are a lot of working people like from my high school. My, my the, the, this, uh, the acting coaches a few years ago brought alum. I can't believe I'm even fucking saying this right now, brought alumni to New York to come see a play. They emailed every single person that but, lived in New York, except for me. And I'm like one of the only working actors right. that lives in New York. You're like, guys, I, I'm, and so I sent an email, like, you sent an of email? course I fucking <laughs> sent an email. Like, I love it. Like what, what what's the like, problem hello? here? And so I wound up going and like straight oh, up, one of the teachers was like, honestly, Nico, we're just like intimidated by you. And I'm like, okay, that's partially my fault. Like, you're like facts, but no, I, that's I kind of respect that so much. Like, I had a lot of issues in high school where, like, now they're calling me to want to come back. But I'm oh, like, sure, yeah. I'm after, like, after Spotify, girl, after Spotify, after Spotify, <laughs> they're like, Alexandra, will you please come do the uh, nice big speech to all? And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm down. <laughs> I, know. I'm I would like, yes, love I know. to go right, talk to the kids. Right? You grew up in Pennsylvania. Yes. Where in Pennsylvania? Bucks County. Bucks County. That's the one right outside of Jersey, right? Y- yes. I'm move- I want to move to Bucks County okay. so bad. We're looking at properties in Pennsylvania right now. I want like It's beautiful. It really is. The 5-year plan here is to leave the city and have like hundreds of acres and a working farm with kids running around. My partner and I are trying to get pregnant right now. Congrats. Thank you. It's a fucking process. I can't even imagine. I just I'll wish we it. learned more about how to yeah. get pregnant and not how to not get pregnant. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, we think that we can sit on a fucking toilet and get pregnant, and that's just like not how not. it works at all. So you're we're and, gonna we're gonna get to your relationship too yeah. because you came out as sexually fluid. Oh yes. And in space between your memoir that was released in 2019, mm. you speak about your sexuality. How do you identify today? I identify as Nico Tortorella. Yeah. It's complicated. These conversations are... uh, There's so many layers to identity, right? And like, if you really start unpacking sexuality, inevitably you start unpacking gender and race and class and socioeconomic status. And it just is like, it just keeps going and going and going and going. I'm at this point where all pronouns are welcome. Like my sexuality is ever changing. There's nothing fixed. Um, I am attracted to all types of people. Most of the time I'm not attracted to a single person. Um, I'm in this place right now with sex where I think it's fucking stupid. <laughs> oh my God. Like, First person to come on call and be like, sex is fucking stupid. I'm I like, mean, yes! I love sex. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's such a beautiful thing. It's right. an extension of love. But like, from uh, like uh, from a physical standpoint, like this idea of just like a quick fix, it's like getting high. It's like getting off. And like, I just am living in a different Right. I'm in a higher chakra, so to speak, right now. Are you recently having sex and you're like, this is stupid? Well, I'm only having sex to get pregnant right now. Okay. And I haven't had sex with a dude in two years. Okay. Um, I haven't had sex with anyone except for my partner since 
February of 2020. Did does your which partner- is strange? Which is we have never been this monogamous oh. and straight in the 15 years that we've known each How other. How do you feel? It's it's been a fucking process. Okay, like I I I miss other partners that I have for yep. sure, and like potentially that's why I'm having this idea about sex right now because like a I'm just forced to look at my biology in a different way when we're having the gender conversation like penis vagina right that's like where I am right now right and um I am addicted and in love with the idea that I will have a child soon and all of my energy is directed to that person and it's okay to put my you know alternative sex life on hold for a minute it's not it's not going away entirely right like I'm going to stay with someone in a couple weeks who I haven't seen in a really long time Mm -hmm. like my partner's been dating a little bit okay. We're it's like just now kind of getting back to where we were, right. but like, you know, it's going to, it bends and shifts. Did you have a conversation to like say, let's put it on hold or it just naturally came to a halt because you're trying to get pregnant and just all the energy is there. Well, yeah. we were just living in our house upstate for over a year straight like right. you're not gonna like in the middle of, of nowhere, yeah. you know? And okay. it's like, it's also the most consecutive time we've ever spent together in 15 years. And it, we got, exponentially closer like fall deeper and deeper in love every single day like we're killing it right now that's what i want to know like you're married i am congratulations thank you tell me how you met bethany like how because you've known each other for so long 15 years yeah just over 15 years now we met playing beer pong in college beer pong Eyes lock. You're like, oh yes. Yeah. But Bethany was like, no. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Bethany was like, no. Bethany was like pretty much engaged at the, at the time. Yeah. And Tell like me. had a cross around their neck and was like, I'm in love and I don't believe in evolution. And I was like, oh, okay. Let let's, me tell Let's get you. into this. And within a couple of weeks, we were sleeping together and um, the boyfriend was gone. And it's, gone. it's been, you know, it's been a, a labor of love. We've grown up together in so many ways. Yeah. I met Bethany two days after I moved out of my mom's house. Wow. So you literally grew up together. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And we've been every iteration of relationship and have been best friends. It was like the longest we ever went without talking to each other was like maybe a year. Wow. Yeah. I, Cause I want to get into your relationship but first. You were outed by your brother to your mom. I was. Yeah. Um, And then again by an undercover New York Post reporter. Yes. Come on. Page six. Fuck you. Um, You said your initial reaction was anger and betrayal. Understandably. With which one? Both. Was it both or? With my brother. Yeah, for sure. I was also drinking. I mean, I'm alcoholic. And uh, my alcoholism is like very closely tied to my identity and my sexuality and my gender. Right. It was like, I, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to be in the world because of how I was raised because of what was thrown on me when I like started to become famous. I mean, the amount of conversations that I had 12, 13 years ago with managers and agents about like, shut the fuck up. Don't say anything this is who you need to be cut your hair off like if you're going to do this you're going to do this and like that's what Hollywood was like right it, like it still is still is especially for people that look like me um thank god it's gotten to a much better place yeah. uh but yeah I mean there was there was a lot of betrayal but like I I I wasn't in a place where I could really like even unpack what was happening like I right. was just like fuck the world type of vibe I was numbing all the time when did you realize alcohol was a problem in your life? You know, growing up in this industry, I didn't really go to college. I went to college for a year and a half and dropped out and started working and got a taste of fame when I was like 19, 20 years old. And like when you're put in these rooms with a bunch of famous kids, like drugs and alcohol are just there and there's nobody looking out for them. And so like I was in that world for a long time, you know, like partying with the best of the best. But when I was just like drinking alone at home, you know, and yeah. like hitting the bottle of vodka at six o'clock in the morning. So like I didn't have a hangover. Right. And then we just stay drunk for like six days in a row. 
and then would go to the Korean spa, fucking sweat for 24 hours and like start the cycle all over again and go to work and I would be fine. Did it ever interfere with your work? Not on set. There was okay. more, like rock bottom, like the last kind of hurrah was first season of Younger premiere party. And I wound up getting hammered that night in like front of a, a, a bunch of like execs and other actors and like fell and hit my head on a fucking table like this and was bleeding and like don't remember anything and like woke up the next day covered in piss and blood and like was trying to like how the like I couldn't get out of the room I couldn't get out of the room racked up like a ten thousand dollar fucking bill and I was just like okay this like this is it you discuss when like if you're playing an alcoholic you would lean the fuck in when people talk sometimes about method acting it's like you can go down a dark spiral of like I have yeah no I did this movie called Hunter and Game um and I was like this drug addict alcoholic DJ like super gorilla we would like shoot in New York we played shows in New York where people thought we were actually musicians and uh I was Lindsay and I, Lindsay Lohan and I like have a history together and we were kind of like seeing each other again when that movie, uh, was, was, I was, I was in a dark place in my life. I was drinking and doing a lot of drugs. And, uh, it's when I asked Lindsay Lohan to marry me and yeah, I, uh, I like called production one night and was like, no, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. Like we're getting a fucking jet. We're going to Vegas. Like I'm getting married. Like I'll be back. I'll be back in 24 hours. Stop. Thank God. My agents called <laughs> like, shut the, f- I will fucking Nico? get there right now and murder you. Yeah. So you didn't get married to Lindsay Lohan, turns out. No, I love her dearly. She seems amazing. Wait, yes. that is a pretty epic story. It's a pretty good one. How did drinking affect your romantic relationship? Oh, I mean, it destroyed every relationship that I had, for sure. And I, like, I have lived the life of a fucking, like, princess. Like, I have I <laughs> been in the most ridiculous, Disney, beautiful relationships that, like, possibly exist. And uh, I hurt a lot of people. I hurt a lot of people. I did a lot of shitty things. And I just was tired of hurting other people, you know? I've like had those moments when then you look back and you're like, fuck, that was awful that I did that. But like also then shapes you to like have those memories for me personally, allow me to like constantly work to be a better partner now in the present, having those reflections of like, why the fuck did I do that? And it says more about you obviously than them. They're like just a pawn in like what you're going through, but it's, when you look back, it's hard to look back sometimes, but I'm sure you've had those moments and now you're fucking sitting here and you're able to speak about it. But in the moment, it's hard to like see it. And then I wrote a book about it. And right? then, you and then I like book. added a bunch of my relationships to, to paper and then had to have conversations with people that like I was writing a book about. How? There was one that, person that I didn't that? reach out to and I have no idea how or if she read it, how she took it. Do you it. think like, she knows? I'm I mean, sure she, yeah. she does. And like... I feel terrible about it. Like, I wish we had a relationship. I like, I'm pretty close with most of my exes. Which is rare. There's like a couple that will never talk to me again. There's always a couple. (laughs) It can't be like every single one. We are best friends. There's always got to be a couple. That's life, right? But like, it was, you know, and and also when I had my podcast, Love Bomb, like I brought a lot of exes on. We talked about like how, yeah. Have you done that? There's a couple, you know how you just said like, there's a couple, yeah. I have a couple that I'm like, I don't think, well also cause their careers, like they would never come on the podcast because of their careers. Mm. But, and then there's like, there's only one that it's like bad blood, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> and, um, and then there are some that I've thought of, like, I, I even thought I was talking the other day to my friend, I was like, what if the guy lost my virginity to like I had him on because there was so much love there yeah. and so much time has passed. So like it is an interesting content. I know. Do I know. It. Well, now I'm getting motivated. I want that. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you're like super secretive about who you're dating. Secretive, right? but I've had where, so you, did you use names? Some. Okay. Most. I changed two people's names. Okay. Yeah. For me, I'm making up characters, but 
the daddy gang finds all of them. So like those are my oh, listeners. Yeah. And so it's not it's not really private. Like everyone knows who each one is. Like right. they know who Slim Shady is, the Canadian, door number three. Like I've got all these names, but they all know. Right, 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 right. So then but I like, get the X reach. It's our it's, own level of protection. Right. It's like, no, right. but I didn't even But I didn't say even your use name. your name. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, but you said I'm on this baseball team. I'm yeah. like, there's so many. There's there's like sixteen <laughs> of you, right? Like <laughs> Right. With a bun, a man bun, right? Yeah. Like, fuck off. Oh, um, baseball players so hot. Oh, so hot and so trouble and so many. It just. I want to date a professional athlete so bad. You do, but you don't. Yeah, a date. Uh, I don't want to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just date. I yeah, want to like yes, fuck just around, have, have a moment. Yeah. Fair. Some of them though, it's like they're so focused on the sport. It's just like, can we just not talk about that for a minute? Like mid-sex, like ah, oh, that game. I'm like, what oh, are yeah. like? It's just a lot. But like the homo sociality that exists in. In, you know, sport. Right. The boys in the locker room. Like, I have seen shit and heard stories. Like, I have a cousin that, like, played hockey all his life growing up. And, like, when all the guys get together, like, they all shower together still. Like, in a little fucking hotel room, there could be multiple showers. And they're all naked in the shower together. Like, the gayest shit I've ever seen in my life. I've seen a lot of gay shit, you know. But, like, it's (laughs) there, right? But it's just not, it's not talked about. Yeah, it's like, hush, hush. And it's like, why... Back to your relationship, you and Bethany have been able to work through so much together. Do you believe there is someone out there, like a twin flame, as you call it, for everyone? And like, how do you find this person? I don't think it's just one person. I think that like, you can have as many as you want, really. Like multiple twin flames? Yeah, I do. Um, How do you find that person? I think like... The first thing I want to say is like, if you're looking for love, right, you have to look for a friend first. You can't look for love first. Y'all have to like fall in love with each other as best friends and like tell each other everything. If you're scared to say something to your partner, you're not in the right relationship, no matter what it is. I think that's hard too, though, because I think- It's really hard. Then you're like, am I getting in too much to the friend zone? And I don't know if you've ever had that issue, but like I know- people write into me like I want to have a best friend as a partner but am I two best friends that we're now like losing that lust and it's like this never-ending I mean time plays a huge part of this conversation right right? like Bethany and I didn't just like wake up one morning and and decide this is who we are and this is how we're gonna live our lives like it's been 15 years of trying to figure out this dynamic that we have right now it's like we didn't just decide that we were polyamorous. Like we cheated on each other for a long fucking time. We didn't understand who we were. We were never in a real like boyfriend, girlfriend relationship. We lived together in multiple different places, like dated sometimes the same people outside of, yeah. Like we, you know, we did a lot and at a time when we didn't have the language for it. Like nobody was fucking talking about this. Nobody was having these conversations 10 years ago, even five years ago. How did you and Bethany first discuss opening your relationship and transitioning to a polyamorous relationship well i mean we always were like we had group sex like pretty early in our relationship and like explored versions like first year for sure wow okay how was that experience um i'm not really a fan of group sex i think it's like there's just too many parts in different places yeah okay and um i'm definitely like uh a, a demisexual of sorts throwing out terms here explain uh I, I like really have to have an emotional connection to be able to, to have sex with someone or else like i just my, my dick won't get hard like if i'm not in i'm not in um so like i've been in those situations before and it sucks and it like doesn't feel good and it's just like okay this isn't for me i respect how open you were about like i couldn't get fucking hard oh my god nobody talks about it it's literally your it happens to everybody like everyone yeah and I was saying this the other day, I'm like, if I had to have like an actual physical proof that I was actually having Coming, an orgasm, right, yeah. we wouldn't be having sex nope, all the time, baby. Nope, nope. Y'all like, have it easy. What's going on? Y'all okay? have it easy. You right? can fake the shit off. We can't fake it. Fa- exactly. And we could pop a pill. Right. Uh, those work. When did you just get so open? Like, I couldn't get fucking hard. Like, you just didn't give a fuck. When I got sober later in life. I mean, I've been like with, you know, like really famous people like trying to have sex and I'm just like so fucking intimidated in the moment and not there and being like fuck like I can't do this like it sucks and and like the other person depending on who they are right like inevitably feels some sort of shame too like is it me right like that's a real thing but like that's what I kind of am speaking to when I'm 
using the term demisexual is like, I need to be there with you where we can fucking talk about it and not feel like we can't say anything to each other. Right. Like if we can't have a conversation about having sex, let alone like laugh with each other while we're fucking like, right. I'm, I'm not, we're even about I'm not interested. Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested. Like in- it's a waste of energy really for me. And that's like where I am in my life. That's such a good point to anyone listening. Like when you're in that situation, you're like, I couldn't get hard. If you can't be like, fuck and like laugh with your partner, why were you even having sex with that person in the first place? If you can't be comfortable enough to laugh off like, oh, okay, can't get hard. Then why were you about to like intimately? So much of it is about keeping score too, you know, right. And adding numbers to your list and just like, especially as a, like a dude, right. You know, and it's like a whole, it's a whole other game. Lose your body count. Yeah. Like, come on now. Like stop. There's a time and place, right, for body <laughs> conversation. But like what Miley was speaking to in your episode with her about uh being more into her sexuality than sex, right? Like yep. I fully understand that. I'm on the same exact page. Can you explain that from your perspective a little bit more? Yeah, I, I mean I um I'm definitely like happiest getting off by myself, for sure. Like uh, if I like am having a fleeting thought about like, Oh, should I call this person? Should I go do this? Like if I jerk off, like the thought doesn't even exist. Right. Like, yeah. it, and it's, it's satisfying. I don't have to deal with the other person. Like, like it's where I am. Right. But like understanding my body and my energy and like how I can direct it and who I'm giving it to and like how I'm giving it to that person, like, and how my sexuality is represented both in private space and publicly. I'm, I spend a lot more time with that than I do fucking. We are so misinformed and the conversations that we have about sex and sexuality and gender, like we are at such basic elementary levels. It's so, it's still just so animalistic. It's shocking. It's shocking. I remember starting my show and it was like a pretty basic concept of just being like all my girls out there that are like, oh my God, like he just doesn't get me off. And like, I haven't had an orgasm yet. And I'm like, wait, in your life? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, take yourself to the bedroom, girlfriend. Yeah. Get in there and enjoy yourself because if you don't know how to have an orgasm, how are they going to give you an orgasm? And I think there was this concept of like, you need someone else to do it for you. And again, that goes back to the construct of like a man and a woman and a man's penis needs to go. And it's just, it's like, that's how we were almost raised to see like, this is sex. And then you make a baby and it's like, wait, like you can get off on your own. You don't need someone else. You can do it on your own together too. You don't need to get off to have sex either. Like, right. You don't need to have they didn't penetration have it, to have sex. Right. Like, yeah. Especially when you're talking about queer relationships. Right. Like, and, and you know, two people that have vaginas, right. Like right. it's a different thing. I have a question for you. Have you ever dated a guy or been with a guy that's been with men? No, but I have had a partner that was very open to the point where I was like, I, I think he's probably interested in the amount of times there was a reference like, let's have a threesome with a guy, mm. which made me want to also do it, not just for me, but for him. Like, mm. I was like, it seemed like he was very interested in that. Was it more that he just wanted to see you get fucked by another dude? Or that, like, no, he wanted to get that Because I've had that, like, dynamic as well. It I could tell the pull was more towards the man. Mm. And I feel like I tried to make as much of an open space about, like, well, then let's just, like, we, I would just try to make it as a dynamic conversation as possible anytime it was brought up. Not almost to make it about me. But I've never... No, I've never dated someone that was openly like, hey, I've, I've had sex with another man. Okay, so if you, hypothetical situation, if you like meet someone, you're not in a relationship, he's like, hey, listen, like, I'm bi. Right. What's your response? Great, tell me more. You're in. I, I think I would want to know more. I definitely, I've never been in a polyamorous relationship, mm-hmm. Nico. Like, I've never done the whole open thing. And so I think I would need to know more about the way they would go about a relationship. Like, but if you're with me, are we in a monogamous relationship or are you more interested in X, Y, Z? Like I would have to understand, but I don't think at face value, if someone's like, I'm by, I'm like, great. Okay. Take the relationship out of it just from like a sex standpoint. Like, Hey, I'm going to go fuck this dude but like I know that like he was potentially with a dude last week what's the thought there I think if you asked me this question five years ago I would have said 
I don't think so. Right. Does that mean he's gay? And I can openly say that because yeah. I know p- other people listening are going to be like, me too. Oh, yeah. The like majority that, of that's, people. Yeah. Girls will be like, oh, is he gay? Right. Girls I think, will say that. Yes. Because yes. of girls. how yep. hyper overly sexualized yep. women are. And like we put bisexual and pansexual and the Miley Cyruses of the world on this fucking pedestal. Right. right? And then it's like, why But we can't even begin to have the conversation about the dude or the, the person that has a penis. Right. It's like it's the, the the script is totally flipped and it's really the only situation w- where it is. I agree. It's like, wait, why can I have a sexual experience with a woman? Hot. Hot. Oh, my God. Beautiful. A, a upcoming partner would be like, oh, my God. Yeah. Would you be down to do that again with me involved? Because they're not threatened. Exactly. Right. Whereas you flip it. And yes, like I in the past, I wasn't educated enough. Right. I also am fortunate that I feel like this show has opened my fucking eyes and I'm like using it for myself and others to hopefully not that it's anyone's duty to like educate but it's it's helping me get to a place where I'm like yeah I would be okay how many years you've been doing this now this is I'm on my third year you're on your third year it's been a journey so I started my podcast pretty much the same age that you did Oh wow! And I was having very similar conversations. Okay. It was all sex, sexuality, gender, yep. identity, open fucking discussion. And it was at a point where like I, I was taking my education public, like I uh, specifically around queer theory and queer identity. Right. Like I didn't know shit. And I realized that out of like, like abruptly when like the news came out, Nico's fluid. Oh, fuck. I need to have these conversations. I need to own this fucking narrative before someone else throws it on me. And thank God for the podcast because I learned more about the human condition and just the way the world operates more having these conversations than I did anywhere else. So I, I, I know what you're going and, through right And now. don't you feel like I'm so fortunate that I'm sitting with you? Because I'll admit, like, I get nervous for every interview. I'm yeah. like, I want to be respectful. I want to learn. I want to share. Mm-hmm. I want to be vulnerable. I want you to feel comfortable. I want to feel comfortable. But this, is a, this is a very rare thing. And I, I see what I have in you, too, that, like, you're just down to go. Right. In. Like, like and, ha- and, and talk about shit that other people don't want to talk about right. or haven't talked about in the past. And it's a very, very special thing. And like, kudos to you for going you. in. Like, congrats on your success and everything that Thank you've accomplished. You. It's Same. so beautiful. Um, like, keep going though. Like, that, keep yeah. fucking pushing yourself. And like, going back to that idea of like, once that veil's lifted, right, you can't ever put it back down. Right. So the more that you take in, the more you're going to have. I agree with you because I think you get it. Like having a platform, I'm more aware what I'm saying. I don't want to offend, but I also want to push to learn and know. So there's a balance of being respectful and also like pushing the boundary of like, hold on. I know this may not be like my area, but I'm like, no, fuck it. Like sit down, talk with me. And that's why I think like, Yes, you asking the question. Like, I did get a little uncomfortable because I'm like, am I allowed to say that? Yes, five years ago, I would have said, I, totally. I don't know, is he gay? Is that like, is there going to be an issue? And now yeah. I can happily say no because I've done my research and now I And I, I want to know more. Yeah, yeah, and I'm way more open than right. I was five years ago, right. which I think is it's beautiful. beautiful. And like, thank you to call her daddy, right, for that. Back to your relationship because I think polyamory, it was interesting you discussed like, at first we were cheating. So mm-hmm. I guess like what you were, you were like, we were cheating. We were trying to figure out ourselves. But like n- neither of us ever got mad about it. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like Bethany would go out of town and I would have someone stay with me for a few days and like they would come back and, and like pretend to be mad. Like, like, like Nico. Like, like, yeah, but like not actually right. mad. Right. And then like they would go sleep with someone just like out of spite to like, you know, match up. Yeah. And, but like, we both kind of always laughed about it. Like I am the least jealous person I, I've ever met in my Can life. Can you explain that? I don't, re- I don't know how to, like sometimes I wish I was more jealous in certain aspects of my life, but like in terms of like sex and love, like we, we have so much to share. Right. And uh, like if, if I'm with my partner, if I'm with Bethany and something else will make them happy if if like they need a a a physical connection or even emotional connection like go like do it explore have it like it will only bring us closer that's have I'm you not... always been that way yes have you ever gotten jealous yeah, yeah 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 okay dating men was a little different 
Um, Why yeah. do you think? I mean, I just think like the 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 masculine feminine dynamic in certain relationships that I've been in like shift and like they even shift with Bethany, like from week to week, like, you know, we ebb and flow. Right. Um, but, uh, I had a partner, uh, this hotel is bringing back lots of memories too. You I almost had, let me forget. Did you fuck on this chair? Like, what are we doing? What's oh, happening? I fucked all over this hotel. <laughs> I, I, I basically lived in the presidential suite windows open fucked like going when how long ago uh, five years ago four or five years ago was it a great experience is, yeah is, are fu- those the memories yeah fucking beautiful and he's like still such an important person in my <gasps> life and it was like the first time i've been in like uh, a power dynamic where i was lesser and it was known it taught me so much about myself and uh, what I truly value in the world. Why was the power dynamic so obvious and off? I mean, have you ever dated someone that's just like has so much fucking money that it's just yes. stupid? When I didn't have nothing. what I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, not nothing, but yes. Right, right. Like, but like, <laughs> I always say it's like, it's kind of like playing a video game. Like when you get the cheat code, the game's like kind of just not fun anymore. Like, yeah. And it was the first time that like, I felt like, I, I wasn't worth as much as I am. Like emotionally, spiritually. Um, that's a pretty... That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And he also like lived in another country. We like didn't really see each other. It was like a whole thing. Those relationships necessary in a good way and a bad way. Like you really... Now the fact that you were like, and then I left there. And I like, I was like, oh, now I have an idea and a gauge of like what works for me and what doesn't. We, we tried it a few times. It was like a year here, yeah. off for a little you bit. You always think maybe it'll be. Maybe next time. Well, we the first started dating when I was drinking or still. And that kind of like all fucking exploded. Oh, wow. And then I got sober. And Man, I was how like, different was that? It dynamic? was a totally different dynamic. Cause but like, still, but like, I really fucked shit up the first time. Like, I really broke his heart, really, really terribly. It was just like I sent a fucking email. Like, it was bad. And then I wound up in the hospital. The it emails. was, it was the fucking emails. The I'm emails. so grateful for the experience. Like, I would yeah. never change anything that happened. Um, but you know, the second time around, like, I, I always had to make it up, right? Like, I was. Oh, you're just like chasing what you, and it's like, you can never, I can never apologize enough. Right. Yeah. Perfect dynamic, wrong time. I mean, he's like the other great love of my life. Yeah. And there will always be a thought in my head. Like, what if, and I fucking brought always. you to the Dominic today and you fucking you're brought like, me back what here. The- like, this is <laughs> really, this is where it all started was here. Did it look a little bit like this? <laughs> you're like, no, it was bigger, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can Three floors. Like giant full glass. I have been in yes, that room. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And it's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Thanks, girl. Appreciate it. Good for that. you. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Daddy Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. If someone has never been in a polyamorous relationship and they're like, I, maybe I would want to try this, but like they're terrified that it may ruin their relationship. What would you say to that? Like from your experience? I mean, any relationship, monogamous, poly, questioning, any single relationship needs to be based in honesty and communication. And friends, family members, like not even just romantic relationships, right? right? Like, 
And if you're too scared to tell the person how you are potentially feeling or what your interests are or what your desires are, desire plays a huge part in this. If you can't get to that place, you're probably not going to have a polyamorous relationship and your relationship is going to be struggled. It just is. And so I would say like, if you feel like you can tell your partner anything, you can have that conversation. If you can't, yeah, uh, spend more time together and see if you can get to yeah. that spot. You know? And also, if you can't, again, that's right. Regardless of whether it's polyamorous or monogamous, like if you can't share something with your partner, anything, that's that's a gauge of just where you're at in the relationship right. in general. Not even to just talk about what you want to do sexually, emotionally. Like it's just like in general, like that's also where you are with yourself, yeah, right? Like if you're right. holding on to secrets and. It's like, what's, let's, let's unpack, unpack that, that first. first. Yeah. The other Take person partner out for a minute. What yeah. about you? I mean, Why they're can't... just a mirror of who you are right. anyway. The relationship is, it's like, we are one. Right. Right. And so like, if you're not one, why? And if it's worth it, how do we get there? Are there guidelines that you've set within your relationship? So every poly relationship is totally different, right? And like poly, non-monogamous, every relationship in general, totally different, right? Like we have our own set of rules and guidelines that like aren't fixed. They change. They have changed over the years. Where we are right now, just in terms of like, like sexuality, the, like that aspect of our relationship, Bethany only dates women for the most part biological like cis women um so the thought of bethany going and being with another dude is like never really even on the table i am attracted i have a much more pan approach like i i look past gender genitalia like i can be with anyone i'm attracted to spirit like i can i fall in love real fast but like the rule from the get from when we really decided to get married was I can't be in a relationship with anyone else that could potentially get pregnant. And so that takes cis girls and trans men off the table. And like, you know, the follow up question to that is like, what if a girl can't get pregnant? What if someone that like has a vagina actually can't get pregnant? But like we we're not there yet. Like right. we're still at like anyone that has a vagina has off limits for me. Okay. Which is interesting. I mean, there are like, there have been moments in our relationship where I'm like, fuck, like this person, like we have such an amazing connection. Bethany is, is number one, no matter what, like, okay, but like, let's talk about it. Right. right. And that, that is probably the most difficult conversation that we have. Right. Um, and it's something that we're still unpacking. Right. And like, in theory, like, you know, we preach this, like, we're so open, we're, like, queer, we've, like, understood each other, right? We're non-binary, like, like th- that is a complicated conversation to have right. around genitalia when you preach such an open message. And, like, right. I'll be the first to say we are all walking fucking contradictions. None of us are perfect. None of us abide by the rules that we fucking set. Like, we're all a mess. All of us. A disaster. Every a disaster. single person. In the best way. In the Some better than others. Well, yeah. Right? Some yeah. better than others. Yeah. So, like, we're still unpacking that shit, right? And, like, will it be that way forever? Probably not. Um, but, like, we haven't, like, I don't even know what forever is. When you, because I'm assuming was that that was not always the case until you decided you wanted to have children. Well, for the, so for the most part, I was only dating men for a long time okay. and trans women. Okay. Um, and there was a point where like, I had a really serious cis girl girlfriend and like, we were like on the fast track. She, we were friends for a long time. And this is like, I don't know, five, five years ago, six years ago. Okay. Um, and it was the first time Bethany was like, oh, I'm going to lose you. Like this is it. I'm going to lose you to her. And this gets complicated. So basically like Bethany was dating a girl at the time. They were also talking about marriage and having kids. If they were going to get pregnant, I was going to be the one that was going to provide the material. And that was just always the case. And the girl that I was dating, we were talking about having kids. Um, and she was basically like, you can't do that if we're doing this. And I was like, fuck. 
Which I get, no, right. no, no I shade. Get, yeah. Like I fully understand yeah. it, right? Like it like, makes fuck. perfect sense. But it was like the first time that that Bethany and I were were made to have that conversation for real. Like, okay, this is on the table. What does this mean for us? Right. And that is what, like, we started sleeping together for the first time in years after those conversations happened. You weren't even sleeping together. Oh, no, It no. was, it's a full emotional relationship at that point. Yeah, we spent years as best friends, years. Okay. Bethany had a, a really uh, intense relationship with, um, uh, they're non-binary now, but they weren't when they were dating and, uh, spent a lot of time with them, uh, like years. And I had a handful of relationships, uh, with men at the time, couple trans girls, but, um, I, maybe three and a half, four years that we weren't sleeping together. And how did you like talk often? Every say every day we were oh. still each other's emergency contacts. Have you ever had a situation where you're so into someone and then, they're like, wait, but I don't fuck with you being with also someone else. And then obviously you're like, well, that's not how I roll. But then have you ever been like, then just gone exclusive with someone for a minute and yeah, had your thing? Mm-hmm. I have for sure. Even when I've been like in a really serious, more romantic relationship with Bethany, we've like given each other the space. Like, okay, we're not going to like Bethany and I aren't going to sleep together right now. Like I'm going to go explore this for a little bit. Um, the dynamic is always shifting. Yeah. Always. I mean, like I'll say it again. We are the most like fucking straight passing monogamous we've ever been in our entire lives. And it's a weird, weird thing. Um, like, you know, I don't, identify as queer and non-binary right like i am those things and like i think a lot more people are than choose to admit but um you know those parts of me like we get this question all the time like well are you are you are you still poly like are you are you still in an open relationship like yes of course like our, our our open relationship is like a state of of being it's not like a state of action and our polyamory is defined a lot by like the the spiritual and and emotional relationships that we have with other people it's not about sex people have this preconceived notion that i'm out here fucking all the time you know but we can't talk about sex we can't separate sex from love like we're just we're not there once the internet is fucking hooked up into our brains the the conversations that we're having now will be so fucking we will look back at these conversations and laugh like just speaking of identity like like in general right now, like what's happening with, with gender and, and transness, like we've come such a long way and there are so many more identities than we all ever thought possible. Right. But once that fucking connection happens, once we can actually become transhuman robotic fucking game changed, right. this is going to seem silly. But like, I'm also like, fucking move me to Buck County and Bucks. put Bucks Buck County, County, put me on that farm, and, give me a and buck. like, yeah, take everything away. What does it mean to be a future man for you? Mm. Yeah, I think it's like more about the f- the future person, right? Like, yep. the face of man has changed, right? Like, we're not in the same place that we were a few years ago, and men are having a really fucking hard time with that. Like, I'm sure you've sat in rooms with a bunch of white dudes being like, well, we're the fucking ones now. Like, what about us? You know, like very real. Yeah. Very, very, very real. Um, So it's, it's happening whether or not they want it to, you know, Um, but the future person, right. Knows more. I think the future man is willing to do the work and willing to like, understand how they got to where they are in the first place, what it means, right? What their relationship with their father was like and truly wants to treat people well. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Like the future man is kind. The future man loves you as much as he loves himself. Um, If not more as a non-binary person, right? I have a hard time having, the men and women conversation. I'm not saying this in in a negative way, but like, you know, the white woman feminism movement is very specific. And like, that's where this conversation lives. And as somebody who understands the complexities of identity um, and is still unpacking and trying to do the work and like sees beyond this binary that was, that was, put on us this binary of men and women did not exist internationally pre 
religious indoctrination and colonialism. It just didn't like the church did this to us. The church is the reason why we're having this conversation. And once you start to like realize how we got here and how young the idea of man and woman actually is like, uh, it's fucking stupid. It's all made up. And like this emphasis that we have on like men and women and like, women's power and this is the time I get it I'm not throwing I'm not saying that like it's not important but it's at a very basic level of understanding how the world operates and how we got here like I'm just I'm I'm living higher one of the many one of the many many. we can't even have a fucking conversation about race we can't talk about black and white we're still there yeah so if if you think we can talk about gender or fucking internal identity fuck you yeah like we're just not that's how it is yeah some people like don't want to look at it right and like think it's silly and stupid and like it, it has nothing to do with their lives like think about the amount of people that actually know a trans person like firsthand the number is very, very small, very small. In high school, my principal came out as trans eighth grade. I spent a lot of time in the principal's office. Um, in eighth grade, uh, she came back as Dr. Reed. Dr. Reed was man, sixth and seventh grade came back as a female. I was introduced to identity at a very young age. And, but like, it's, it's still so fucking alien for so many people. Right. And the representations that we have, albeit like have gotten a lot better, but it's still complicated, you know, and I think like body modification is an entirely different conversation than even transness. And, you know, I was thinking about this when, when I was listening to the Miley episode and, and even she was saying like comparing balls to tits, right? Like tits are prettier than balls. Okay. But have you ever been with a person that has tits and balls? Let me tell you, it's fucking beautiful. It's dangerous to have that conversation as men versus women because some of the greatest women that I know have fucking dicks and balls. Some of the greatest women I know. And like, we have to change the language and it's not going to happen overnight. It's hard. Like it's, 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 it's really fucking hard as someone who understands transness and identity and like being other than what was assigned. Like, I never had the thought that I was born in the wrong body. Like, mm-hmm. I love my body. There are some things that I should change and probably will. But I wasn't born in the wrong body. I was born, we all were born in the wrong world. We're fucked. Yeah, it's like we just got to keep fucking talking. And creating art and having conversations. You're telling stories. You're documenting life right now. You are keeping time. That is the most important thing that we do as human beings. This is art. What can you say now about how young Nico navigated the Hollywood system knowing that it's designed for straight white men? Yeah, I, I, I did an event uh, not that long ago and I had like a handful of the most like influential, powerful, transgender, nonconforming voices. Like we were all on a panel having a conversation. We sat and had dinner afterwards and someone was there who's, who's a trans person who's also an actor, looks at me and was like, how do you do it? How do you, how do you go play a cis dude now that you know who you are? And my answer was like, he is me. Like that's how, that's how I was raised. That's, that's everything that I n- knew for 25 years of my life. That's, that's who I was. And like this idea of like being non-binary and like, I am not man. I am not woman. I am whatever the, the space between, right? Like I am man. I am woman. I am all of it is you. Like I wouldn't change a fucking thing because I was able to really get here. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm more cautious about the future than I am like looking back and like wanting things to go differently. Right. Like 2020 really, you know, it just puts so much into perspective and like priorities and like, you know, like I unfollowed everyone on Instagram except for my family. And like, I, I talked to my family more than I ever did. And it's just, it's like, what's important to me today is so much different than what it was a two years ago. And like, do you ever go back and listen to podcasts? 
I can't. I can't. You can't do it. I yeah. would rather fling yeah. myself somewhere you uncomfortable. No. Yeah. Go back and because listen to I'm a so podcast different. you did three years ago. The tone of my fucking yeah. voice mm-hmm. was different. It was affected. I was trying to play this crazy sex, like not a bimbo, but like I was definitely playing a character that I'm like, actually kind of like what you're saying. Like, yes, there's a part of me that was like college Alex. Of course. Was, fucking wild and he like, killed it i'm sure but yeah. that's not fully me so like looking back i'm like oh my god what right. was i doing but no then i have to be like i fucking love that version of myself and i love this version of myself but in three years you're gonna listen to this episode and be like what the fuck thing. why why and didn't it, i ask them and it X, never y, stops Z. it never stops and that's why like i'm so grateful for all the versions that i've lived and i don't know what the future is gonna look like especially having kids like Holy fuck. I'm so excited to be a parent. It's I'm like excited for you. The own, like it is what's driving my life right now. Like everything else is backseat. Did you always know you wanted kids? Always. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. You're going to be yeah. an amazing parent. I want all of them. 10 fucking kids running around. 10 in Bucks County. <laughs> in fucking Bucks. I have a brother-in-law that has eight. <gasps> and they're the best kids in the entire world. That's amazing. And they're all homeschooled. Like. Do you think you'll homeschool? I don't know what the world's going to look right. like. Right. I don't know. Like, who the fuck knows? This may not even be here by the time. I think we're all different from COVID. We share an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone in the world, Mm -hmm. like, we all lived it. Leveled the playing field in so many ways. You can kind of get away with things that you couldn't before. And I think we're definitely going to see a shift in social justice and identity politics and, like, cancel culture and sensitivity. Like, I think things are going to start breaking through and people are going to really start saying what they want. I agree. And like not fucking worrying about getting canceled. Fucking cancel me. Like I don't yeah. care at this point. Like you can't, please like you can't take, me out, take me out. Take me out of my misery. Here. Yeah. Like, yes. That's what I sat down with Tiffany Haddish and she was like, cancel me. Like, what do you mean? Can't, okay. I'll just start a show. Like you, there's it's one of the most dangerous things. It's that we've ever so yeah. dangerous and mm-hmm. toxic, but I, I agree with you. If there's something positive we can look at from this pandemic, it is, that we all shared an experience mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe. And just how fragile life is, you know? Yeah. It's like, how do we continue to create life? That's what I'm holding on to. That's what gets me through every day. We're here to create life and love. Nico. <laughs> this has been lovely. It was honestly a pleasure to honor. Yeah. Thank you so much. For real. Thank C- you. Congrats on everything Thank that you, you got going. Okay. Hi, daddy gang. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. I'm excited. I also have already spoken to Nico and I'm like, we need a part two. Like, I feel like, yes, we, yes, we scratched the surface and, and broached topics that we've never talked about on call her daddy. But even after leaving that interview, I was like, fuck, like I should have asked more. I, I wish I had asked more. I want to know more. And so, um, that will definitely not be the last of Nico Tortorella. But this episode, I will say in reflection after editing it, this interview left me feeling more aware of my privilege. And with this platform, I know I can do better. I know who I've had on. I'm proud of who I've had on. I'm proud of the topics I've discussed. I'm proud of the history of Call Her Daddy. But moving forward, it's just opening my eyes to so much more that can be done. I hope as it did for me, like this interview also sparked you to ask yourself some new questions. Would you be comfortable dating someone who identifies as bisexual or non-binary? Do you have any trans friends? And I asked myself these questions and maybe I didn't like the answers. So I can choose to ignore it and just keep living my life or change. I'll see you fuckers next Wednesday. (laughs) 